Yo, 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 what's going on, guys? Nate here with Philip in episode 17 of the Pokey Talk podcast. We're talking about the mistakes we've made, you know, something we've talked about in the past, but with the cards coming back and some things happening with PSA over the last few months, we want to revisit the topic. So, what's going on? Hey, hey, not too much. I just want to give a few shout-outs. I'll, I'll go to more detail on some of them, but uh, the first one is Jordan Black. He definitely, well, probably shouldn't have said his last name. Oh, well, I'm sure he's cool with it. <laughs> Ex- he's exposed. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he does have well, his it's pretty common. That, so, it's pretty yeah, common name, his, though. But anyways, <laughs> he has been listening since the very beginning. And one of the, We had a few people first listen to our podcast, and he is the only one that is still doing it, so... Thank you for sure. And uh, another one was the Collectible Store LLC in St. Louis. So I actually stopped by there. Um, this was like six months ago or something like that. And we were just coming back from a, another Collectible Store kind of out in, out in the boonies. And we thought we'd stop by in St. Louis for a little bit. And I had a good time there. I was able to get – I liked the evaluation of the prices. Then, you know, they did it right there in front of you as you pulled it out. And they had all these different things you can go through, like the sets and – just pick everything one by one. I really enjoyed that. And I went back there again, and it took a little bit, but we agreed on prices on some stuff. We didn't agree to – I have a cat that's attacking me right now. Uh, I haven't given attention. I just got home from work a few hours ago. But uh, um, and anyways, uh, at first, they it, it took a little bit to, to gain to agree on some prices. They they were pretty busy, and they were – like, a, first the first price they gave me was, it wasn't the best, but – we have agreed to each card individually, and I'm actually going to St. Louis again tomorrow on some of the cards we couldn't agree to, to Yeti Gaming. And honestly, they seem amazing over the phone, and they have a lot of stuff on eBay, and they have just a bunch of stuff on TCG Player. I bought from them before, and I'm really excited. They got a Masaki Machamp, and they got a Shiny Magic Carp, and a bunch of Neo Hollows that look good that are calling my name. Yeah, I actually went to their store twice, and both times, I mean, they're they're super stocked. I mean, they got a lot of ETBs, graded cards up front in their glass, and yeah, really solid store. If you're uh, if you ever in the area or make a trip for it, I mean, it's a solid place. Kind of look at their online stuff though before you go, because a lot of stuff, especially like you know more of the singles and stuff like that. They, uh, you basically have to look online to see if they have it. They have a computer in the store, so you can like look it up right there. It's, it's one of those where they just have so much that you can't see it all. So if you're looking for something weird, you know, double check, make sure they have it, or call them. You know. Yeah, I I wanted to give a, a gauge because they like with the collectible store, you actually had to like ask for it. They they changed some things around with the. Uh, what they have presented, it wasn't as much as the last time I was there, um, and I'm not sure what what to expect with the Eddy Gaming Store with the presentation. But I have an idea that I was, I think, you know, I was going to see what they had, and they, the, some of the graded cards they had didn't really catch my eye. There was like one or two, but I, th- I figure this is something I'll probably go with uh, set cards, some behinder set cards. Uh, they have a lot of Neo cards, although it's it's interesting because they don't really have a whole lot of Neo Unlimited, which is which is currently what I'm going for. Um, first edition right now just doesn't really interest me at all. Um, they have first, some first edition, like they had the Typhlosion and I think a Meganium, but I'm, I'm wondering if that's kind of a sign of something. Maybe a lot of people have bought up a lot of Watsy, 
I know Shadowless, while it's cheaper, it's those seem to be hard to come by on TCG Player the last I looked. Well, when we were at the Collecticon, I mean, we were looking for Neos, and they were really not a lot of options there either. You know, we talked yeah, about I wonder, that. I mean, yeah, I wonder if there's uh yeah, I I wonder if maybe a lot of people have been buying them up and a lot of people aren't selling. I mean, there's there like, clearly some, you know, a TCG player, but overall. I feel like, you know, with the crash of, or the pop of the bubble this year, the Neo cards kind of, you know, they haven't popped as hard and they've kind of held their ground because, you know, rightfully so. You know, everyone saw the bubble happening and the old Watsy stuff was just getting ridiculous. But, you know, Neo comes after all the Gen 1 stuff for most people. Most people collect base set and all that. So mm-hmm. naturally, you know, base set and everything was like hyperinflated. And uh, before it could really get to Neo, it, you know, was kind of cooling off and coming back. So I think Neo saw some inflation but there wasn't enough people chasing it that it just got ridiculous. So, yeah, it's it's really been nice, healthy growth for Neo, where like base set just blew out of proportion and came way back. And so. you know, it's it's interesting because Neo Destiny is definitely of the first two generations. I would say is the best set artwork wise within the first two generations of the TCG. I don't think it's particularly close, in my opinion, honestly. Uh, and it's so it's kind of interesting how, while there's this amazing artwork, a lot of people don't give it a lot of time because, like you said, a lot of people were already out of the hobby by then. So there isn't this nostalgic factor towards it. And Neo Destiny is really, I, I would say, the, I mean, if you take out like the first edition, right? First edition base set and other first editions, I, I I would say it's probably one of the more expensive sets to collect, especially from the Watsy era. Um, obviously, it gets up there with Sky Ridge and Aquapolis and all all the, all those sets. But in terms of like those first two gens, it like that's the first set that really gets pricey for Watsy. Yeah, it definitely uh, stands out. And yeah, the other sets, I mean, you have some cards that stand out, like the the OG Moonbrion and. Espeon yeah, exactly. Lugia, oh oh. But yeah, that that set as a whole, like every hollow is pretty pretty pricey. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, you know, during this hype, I mean, there's just so much old Watsy stuff out there. We've seen a lot of the pop reports go up, but Neo never, you know, really did because there's just not a lot of extra. So maybe Neo Genesis. You know that they did kind of go overboard with that set. Yeah, that set is pretty like pretty available. Of the, but. I was going to say, you know, when we did see cards, what was the set we did see from Neo? It was almost predominantly Neo Genesis. Yeah, uh, like Neo Genesis, and then a little bit of Discovery and Re- Revelation. And Neo Destiny is definitely when it's things start to get scarce. Um, and I mean, it's still like overall relatively plentiful, but in general, compared compared to the previous uh, sets of Watsy up to the point, it is definitely the least printed out of all those. Yeah. Uh, which is why I'm excited to get this shiny Ragic card because it's you know, while it is Neo Revelation, it's still a shiny card. So getting one of the big ones from the Watsy era off the list. So that's I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, and those are like some of the first chases too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, those shiny cards. But. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like 150 for highly played. I feel like that's a steal, honestly. I really yeah. do. But, uh, yeah, in other news, I mean, that, that kind of went right into the news with uh, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But, uh, you know, just a side note, The uh, speaking of St. Louis, Cardinals are playing oh, yeah. a playoff game as we speak. So, kind uh. of, we're kind of loosely watching it. So, if you uh, hear one of us die of a heartbreak during this episode, that might be why. Well, but, yeah, we probably won't see anything complete today but we might get really disappointed we'll see i don't know i'm trying not to watch it because i don't want to be disappointed but yeah (laughs) it's gonna be so bad if they lose like in this fashion just first two games but i brought out the poodles psa 9 for good luck (laughs) probably gonna burn it if they lose but well if they (laughs) if they fall flat i'm not gonna be upset over it because you know they didn't have a heartbeat, pretty much. They they deserve to lose, is the way I see it. Yeah, being a, being a Cardinals fan, well, yes, there's been a lot of success. You also have have had so many trips to the postseason. Oh, I know for personal problems, <laughs> but you kind of get used to to losing. We I mean, don't get used to losing, but you know how to deal with it. Yeah, and there's certain ways to rationalize it, just like how we lost last year. I, you know, I, I stopped watching when it gets. Got to the went to the bottom of the ninth because I knew how that game was going to end. I didn't, especially after watching the Cardinals all year. I knew exactly how that game was going to end. And uh, I never stopped watching just, the playoff games because like crazy well, stuff can happen. And they almost came yeah, back yesterday. But... I probably watch. I watch either listen to the radio, watch on TV, or follow GameCast 160 out of 162 games a year. So I I follow them pretty regularly, and I I watch the bad times, but. I think it's because I invest so much time that it gets to the point where it's like, I don't need to see this. I guess it's, it's one of the ways I cope with the losing, if you will. So, Yeah. But then you miss the greatest moments of all time. I didn't miss game six. I didn't miss uh, game five in NLDS in 2012 against the Nationals. So, so yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, hopefully they can pull it out. But, uh for other news, we did get a little leak that is interesting. Um, this was shown on E4. Not exactly sure where it broke first, but we get a little insight of a German sheet of the Sword and Shield 12.5 set, which is going to be kind of like a special set, like a Sword and Shield send-off, kind of like you know Champion's Path and um, all those type of sets that don't get a booster box print. So there's some interesting stuff in here. We get a sneak peek of the sheet, like I said, but on that sheet is a bunch of normal cards, like talking about normal Pokemon. They're not Bs, they're not Vmaxes, not GXs, not EXs, but normal Pokemon with what appears to be like an alternate art or like at least a character art style, character rare style art. You know, it's all full art takes up the whole card and they look really nice i mean Mm -hmm. we got pikachu of course looks like a keldeo a mew got got a bunch of stuff swablu who's like just flying through the air so something that includes toxicity in the background it looks like i don't know what which one that is i can't tell but yeah i mean it's kind of reminiscent of uh cosmic eclipse a little bit um yeah, really we got a we got a Swablu. I mean, the the possibilities are endless. We're we're seeing a Swablu. Well, you know, art. one thing 
one thing I noticed is there's only like 70 cards. I mean, that doesn't include secret rares potentially, but so it's, I mean, obviously it's a half set. So it's either half sets or it's a little smaller, which, you know, it's kind of strange that they're releasing this in, in January and not like November or early yeah, December. Yeah, usually the special sets are for the holidays, but they yeah, are doing it. exactly. A little later, and this is going to be the set right before the new gen, which is probably mm-hmm. in Scarlet February. Violet. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I mean the new gen. Well, I guess we'll 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 hold off on that because that pretty much leads into the other topic. Yeah, uh, but uh, no, these these cards are pretty interesting, and I think it'd be worth opening them, and especially might be worth opening English because one of the things, and we'll t- I'll even bring this up that I've had frustration with is. You, I mean, I could open a whole EB or ETB, and I might not get one hit, or like maybe a hollow or something. Mm-hmm. And like for example, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last episode, but one of the vendors there, they had a little thing like it was like twenty twenty five bucks, and if you if you join Drip or whatever, it'd be only like ten fifteen bucks. And uh, I went ahead and did it, and eight cards, or it was like pull, it was like pull until you hit eight packs. It took eight packs to get a V or higher. Eight packs. <laughs> I got my money's worth. It's. I mean, I did, but as I'm opening, I'm like, oh, God, this is why I don't open English, or I mean, modern English anymore. Like, I might get, I've only bought, I think, three sealed modern English products this year. It was Brilliant Stars, um, Pokemon Go, and I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this looks promising as a product. What's interesting to me, though, is, you know, on E4, they're talking about, well, are there going to be different rarities or something? And, uh, you know, maybe they're going to do a different texture or something like that. But, I mean, he put up a video, this guy, um, what is it, all solid or solid? I don't know. It, we'll put a link in the description, but he posted a video of the whole sheet and it's like the whole set is like this. So I, I don't know. They have like a dust skull. They have like pretty much every if the Pokemon. Whole set, if the whole set is like this, this will be one of the most desired sets. I mean, obviously they're going to print it to, to an oblivion, but it will be one of the most desired sets of this era for collectors. Yeah. If every card is worth collecting, worth opening, I mean, we're talking of something that can get all collectors from even Watsy, you know, primarily vintage collectors in this because who doesn't like opening a very, very enriched art of a card? Like, that's fun. Like, that's my, fun. like it. My fear is, is that if the whole set's like this, it's not going to be that special. Like, so what I was thinking when I first heard this before I, like, I saw it, I thought, you know, they, it was going to be like character rares like a handful of cards in the set, like they just pick Pokemon at random and it could be, you know, a Swablu or a Weedle and they get alt arts. But it appears like that's just the art of the set, which, yeah, it is cool. It's going to be fun to open and collect. But, you know, the whole set is done like that. So what I would like to see is like in future sets, alt arts don't have limits of like what they could be. And we've gotten a little better with that, like the random jinx and, you know, all that. But I think the character rares do a little better job at that, you know, really broadening the Pokemon range. 
And, uh, yeah, these cards are cool, though. I mean, they might not be that special if it's the whole set, but it's going to be really cool to open and to collect for sure. It's like opening a, you know, a full pack of character rares. What would be nuts if, like, if this sheet is just, like, you know, a sample sheet and you only get, like, one of these cards per pack. So you get, like, normal cards and then one different art of any random Pokemon in the whole set in one pack. You're going to get a lot of dupes. A lot of dupes. Like, that would be, that'd be insane if they just had a full set and then there's a slot and that card can be any card in the set with a different art. I mean... That would that would be fun, but yeah, when you get down to only needing five cards left, it's gonna get frustrating. But yep. I don't think it would be too bad if you get one in every pack. It's just random, but yeah, if, that that'd be good if like the Mew was the same rarity as like you know the Weedle, <laughs> like it was yeah. truly random and truly like no rarity to what you get. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see how that plays out. We don't it's. No, it's just whispers. We don't even know if it's how legit it is. You know, it yeah. looks like it probably is legit, but we still don't know. So we'll we'll stay tuned on that one. Yeah. But what do we got for Scarlet and Violet? What were you saying there? That's another bit so, of news. So yeah, we were kind of going into that. You have Wiglet. That one was announced. Wiglet, wig, Wiglet, wig. So <laughs> they are kind of. Definitely enjoying Kanto in more ways than one. Well, uh, they, I mean, this is endless what they can do. It's not just really, I mean, it doesn't have to be just Kanto, but this is how you pull from fan favorites, have different variants. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, this, they've, they've been doing this a lot now since what, Gen 6 or no, Gen 7, Aloha was the first one that they were, uh, yeah, that they really started doing it with, but. Can yeah. you just imagine, like, a how crazy people would go for, like, I don't know, a water, whatever region it is, Charizard, but it's a water type? Yeah, that's my biggest thing about this. I love how they're doing it. I love that it's not just a region form Diglett, but it's an all-new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. And I don't know why they haven't been doing that. You know, the, the Alolan, you know, Diglett, or the Alolan this, or Galar this. I I don't like that. It kind of clutters the cards as well with the text. And when you're doing, like, a Pokedex on the games, that kind of gets confusing because, you know, they're the same number in the Pokedex, but they're a different form. So I like that it's a totally new Pokemon on its own and... Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, and we got a Girafferig evolution too. Yeah, so. one that has looks like it has ch- Chain Chomp on it. Yeah, from Mario got the I mean, Chain I, I Chomp. Know he, I know he kind of has it, and then like as Girafferig, and you know people even joke, and it's like is that Toad's hat on like the nearby that they're showing? <laughs> yeah, I saw some people call it the space helmet. Yeah, I mean, it looks like that too. I mean, it's it's funny looking, but it's I mean, it's that's how you get people that I mean, it's already a fan favorite. Yeah, looks pretty good, and they're calling it a regional evolution, so it's not a regional Pokemon, but it's like an evolution for Girafferig that's region based. So, still an all new Pokemon, 
new name. I think it's Fairgriff or something like that. Or yeah. Fairgraph. Paragiraffe. I think that's how you're supposed to say it. Yeah. Paragiraffe. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it once again. I love that it's a brand new Pokemon and just not a, you know, regional variant of Girafferig. So definitely, yeah, definitely some... like where they're going with those. Well, they showed some of the gameplay and it looked pretty cool too. It, yeah, it makes it overall makes it feel like, you know, I know you said this, like the design and the game and everything just really looks good. And when they do this, like making new evolutions, like it, it adds to the design. When you see like in a lowland form muck, you know, it's like, oh, they just made muck a different color. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's it takes away yeah. from that magic. So a lot of times they kind of leaned on those type of Pokemon as being new Pokemon, but it never really felt special like this does. Well, and I think it's a great way to continue engagement um, for people of all ages. And it seems like there are more strictly Kanto enthusiasts than there is of any one generation. I mean, a lot of that has to do because those that grew up with that with that generation are basically the majority in the hobby. Like, the majority of people grew up with that generation. That's just, that just unfortunately how it is. Um, or fortunately, I guess, it depends on how you look at it. Uh but I think because of that, they're always going to go back to Kanto. Whether it's a dead horse, or that they feel like they're beating a dead horse or not, I feel like they're always going to find a way to go back to there. Or even or even Johto, because it's really just a continuation of Kanto. I mean, we, we all know it. It's basically just, okay, this is the next region we have and i'm pretty sure if i'm not mistaken a lot of those all of johto was actually included originally like they had like 250 designs or something like that but yeah. they released just the 151 so like it was always basically supposed to be like right with each other um so it's really like a lot of times sometimes like whenever i think of, i mean i'm pretty good with thinking about the first two three generations but like sometimes when you think about it it's like oh like it's from the same era, it feels like. Because there's like a year, or it was like a two years apart, it felt like, on, on for us Westerners. But it felt like it was really close together, and that's how I remember. But anyways, the whole aspect of them continuing to revision certain fan favorites, I think, is great. It's great for everybody. I don't know how anybody would hate this. It's like, it's... Everybody, yeah. like, it might not be the Pokemon you like, but... I mean, Wiglet's pretty fun. I mean, I don't really care for Diglett, but Wiglet's kind of fun. And we'll see if it has an evolution. Yeah. Wig Trio. <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah. It'd be, definitely be something like that for sure. I don't really care for, like, recycled Pokemon or, like, bringing a new evolution to the Pokemon line, but... I like it like this way more than the other way with the regionals and it's just it's just different you know you don't want to see them rehash your old pokemon that you know like this is the way to do it and uh yeah I'm really excited for these games for sure but I guess that's really all we had for the uh news um 
let's jump on into the mistakes we've made. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty slow, slow news cycle. I think everybody's just kind of waiting for the fourth quarter to hit. So, yep. <laughs> I guess we are in the fourth quarter, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could go on a tear about Magic the Gathering. I mean, what's happening over there? I feel yeah, bad I for that. Magic fans. It's just. You know, some people, in the, well, I guess don't want to get in the conversation just because it'll eat up more time. But, uh, no, it's definitely interesting with where they're going as compared to where Pokemon is. Although there is genuine concern with some of Pokemon um, printing being the main one that people are concerned with. But I think overall it's fine. The market is able to consume it at the time being. What would be interesting is if like people start to leave the hobby as compared to entering the hobby. When that happens, that's when you might see certain ultra-modern products outside of a, of, a, of a couple cards just absolutely like plummet yeah yeah magic is just i don't know they're doing a real good job of like just killing every aspect of their game like players collectors like yeah it could be a whole another thing but this is a pokemon podcast and we're talking about our mistakes in pokemon so yeah should we uh should we start wait, wait, with, wait. like, what's the biggest mistake on your mind right now for uh, making this well, episode? So it's obviously the most prevalent one. I've kind of hinted at it for several episodes. I know when we first talked about PSA, I touched up upon our order. And, you know, I, I, I try to be positive, with, or I try to when I can. <laughs> but a part of me kind of knew i mean one i knew i messed up in the cards i sent um you know i even mentioned in one of the psa podcasts like most people what they did is they went to watsy and they went to what they had on the shelves easily accessible items i was talking about myself but i was talking about a lot of other people and i definitely did that um and at the time, everything Watsy was just going through the roof. It could it could have been a crappy condition. It was selling for like 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. And I sent all that crap to be graded. And uh, like I bought several collections that I'll go into more. But all in all, I sent off, it was about 67 cards, I think, in the first order. And uh, what was the value? It was like... The market value, I think, was something. It was like under three thousand, I think, or around three thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like the market value on eBay, right? So just do the math, the taxes, and the and the eBay or the fees you get from eBay. I mean, you're looking at basically seventy cents on the dollar as it is. Um, and that that's one reason why I am trying to sell myself to card stores, <laughs> uh, but. No, I, I sent off a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have. I will be the first one to tell you that I messed up. I was a part of the problem that had people, like, one of the reasons why there was so, such a holdup with grading, I was one of those people. Um, but it's only 67 cards. I know some people sent off hundreds doing the same thing. So I'm not yeah. the worst offender. <laughs> uh, but that being said, I will say this. If I would have gotten these cards back six, eight months ago, we're talking at that point 12 to 15 months after they had received them, which is a long time, 
we will be talking about that value of those cards being probably closer to 5,000. Um, like if I would have received them last January or February. And I kept the box out that we received this order from specifically so I could comment on how much dust is on this box. <laughs> so I, again, I admit I made mistakes. I did. I did. But I figured I would have them back within 15 months at most, not 24 months. Um, yeah, here's, my, here's my thing with, like, yeah, your situation. Like, yeah, you know, you knew what you were sending. And, like, I told you many times to just keep your evolutions boxes sealed. And, like, so you knew, like, what it was. But, like you said, nobody expected – well, people expected it to take a while that they were getting backed up. But, yeah, not the extent. I knew a year. Yeah. yeah, not the extent that we did see. And, you know, you have no control over that. And it's really, honestly, you know, pretty rightful to be mad, even if they came back in a decent timeline, because our cert numbers, our cert numbers were, you know, in the fives. So I actually five, have a seven, card right here. Yeah, here, let's see what they are. Five, seven, yeah. Wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Yours? Hold on, wait. Like I just pulled a random one, but yeah, five five sevens are cert number. Yeah, five seven. And okay, in our okay, have you taken a look at what our first order was at? Because I just kind of saw attention to that now. So our first, or no, okay. So the second order, what we were sent out in December, those cert numbers are five three zero, so yeah. five million three hundred thousand. And they came the back second, before the first yeah. order, obviously. So the the first order we sent in was October. Those are five. Point seven seven million, so nearly half a million cards after. Now, and they've been on six get, million for a while. <laughs> like we're and, almost we're pushing into seven right I, now. Yeah, we're, I think the most recent one I saw was like six point six or something. Uh, to, to, to give you an idea, and five point three million, we received those cards in November of twenty twenty one. If we would have received these cards in January slash February. I would be talking nearly at least 50% more of what the total market value is right now. I remember I was paying attention to the values of a lot of these cards. And, like, okay, I know it was evolutions. Like, a lot of, a lot of the nines that are barely hitting 20 bucks, 25 bucks, even with inflation, keep in mind, they were selling for 40 plus. So some of these nines, like the Hollow Zapdos back in January, February. Yeah. I mean, that's literally, I, in some cases, double my money. And, I mean, I, I know this was during the hype, but I sold a set of nine uh, reverse hollow, like, so the old base, Sarge, base set Charizard hollow and reverse hollow. I sold a pair of those for almost $800 at the end of 2021. Or, no, it was, might have been beginning 2021. But now yeah. those are barely going for 200 combined. 800 to 200. I mean... I'm yeah, not saying I wouldn't have gotten that early, but like, yeah, and we kind of like plan. Like your goal was to sell, you know, quickly. Most of this first order, this first order, almost all of it, was, the intention was to sell. Um, like I think or there even was if maybe our, fifteen cards. Yeah, even if our order swapped, like you had a lot of cards you plan on keeping the second order because yes. you know we wouldn't have guessed we would have gotten the first order. You know, eight plus months after the second one. 
<laughs> so well, and what's what I say what's funny is while you're absolutely correct, a lot of the cards I sent were my personal collection, like my OG personal collection. I it was like 160 or some odd cards I sent. I think a quarter of those was my OG collection, and a few more modern on top of that that I was intending to sell. So we're talking like maybe. I don't know, maybe a hundred cards I was intending to sell. And keep in mind, a lot of these cards were modern. I am, I mean, I know I'm complaining about PSA now, but I also have to say I'm thankful that I got that order when I did. Because if I would have got that order instead of order, so if I would have got order two when I got order one, so if I would have said, for example, so if I just got, if I would have just got order two instead of the first order, the money would have probably been about the same that it would have been worth, but it would have been double the cards. Yeah. So, like, I am thankful for that. Like, I think it was like nearly six k with that with that second order with like 130 cards. So I was I'm very thankful for that. Like, 100. Um, yeah. But still, I mean, I have a right to be mad when we we're talking about a couple thousand dollars. And some people, I'm sure, are are probably over ten thousand dollars they missed out on. I mean, that's very very frustrating. And yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> But the thing that makes me most irritated is, yeah, the, those certain numbers. I mean, it was obvious they were graded back around the time when we got upcharged in May, and we didn't get them till nearly October. So definitely, uh, definitely something there, you know. Maybe they so, were graded and they were just waiting on the fees from Ludkins, which. Which, who knows? I mean, Ludkins just gave their first update in months, like last week, and there's still a lot of people waiting. But they did make a make a good chunk, you know, this month. Hopefully well, everyone's done by the end of the year, but you just don't know. Well, and they just opened up bulk again, and it's already 120-day wait. And keep in mind, that's 120 business days. That's not days. That's business days. So we're already at basically – Half a year, six months wait for bulk, and you're brave soul, Nathan. You put you push a, you push an order in, and I was thinking about it, and you know what? I kind well, of I don't hesitated. I don't know if they I don't know if they do business days anymore because I thought they changed that. Well, but. I thought it was business days. Like I didn't. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs specifically. It did used everything. to be, but I I think they may have changed that. Let me see if like keep going. I'll see if I can find some. I mean, they're, they're, I doubt they're going all seven days. If they are, it's only the express cards that they're paying to be graded or your higher-end cards. It's sure as hell not bulk, I'll tell you that one. Yeah. Uh, well, I think they're but, just factoring in the weekend in their days. like well, Because people would get confused that it was business days. So now, now you know, the, biz, the turnaround time might just be 90 days, but they're just saying 120 for, like, leeway. But I might be totally wrong, but I thought they changed it from business days. But, yeah, I mean, I can send, you know, I was okay sending all this stuff off because, you know, they have been really close to their turnaround times on all these lower tiers. You know, that was another thing that was frustrating when they opened up the $18 tier before it became like a normal bulk thing. They did a special this summer. And they said, you know, turnaround time, 120 days, and people were getting it back in, you know, two months. Um, so, yeah, it's like two to four months, somewhere early, somewhere 
a little behind because of demand, but I mean, they were pretty close. So that's what was really frustrating was seeing all those while they ignored, you know, the, the backlog, which even though they said, Oh, it's backlog is fine. You know, well, they said not really the case. 80, 20, like 80% backlog by August and 20% everything else. And that's probably flipped to, I mean, they've, they've gotten most of the backlog done and, at this point, it's, I think, primarily Hudkins. I know you, you showed an email with uh, exactly, you know, how many orders are still remain, and it was, like, 200 whole orders still, which is a lot, or something like that. Yeah. Like, 200, I think, different, like, shipments to PSA is how I is how I interpreted it. Um, and, yeah. I mean, okay, so, anyways, uh, come back to the, to the center of the story, and coming full circle obviously i realized i made a mistake in some of the cards i sent i learned so much between when i sent that first order and when i sent the second order and even to now like it's it's hard to it's hard to, to describe how much i learned in just that short time frame um and i i, I will also admit i was kind of getting distracted by the money too i wasn't I was getting so, I guess, tunnel visioned is is a good way to to describe it that I wasn't seeing or really considering a lot of other factors as I was making these moves and financial decisions. It was like, oh yeah, for sure, that that was definitely making money for no no brainer, and it did. I mean, once I go to uh, the gaming store tomorrow at Yeti, I mean, I will be in the positive by like a thousand dollars. Yeah. So I mean, it like that includes my entire collection that I bought up to this point, all the slabs, even the gas and the, and the food included to drive to these places. And I was opening modern, and I mean, we're talking about every pack. Uh, I mean, a lot of binder sets, TCG player, like all that stuff. I, I will break even now. If you include Lorcana, it's not so much that, but that, that's a whole other story. Well, <laughs> that's but I mean, overall though. Every, everything worked out for me. It's just it could have been a lot better. It didn't go the way I had it planned. And now you could say that's life, and it absolutely is. However, if it went by design, we're talking about breaking even, even with everything with Lorcana. Like, so yeah. it definitely – so we're talking about basically a 5 to 7K profit. I mean that's a pretty big deal, pretty big difference. But – Whatever. It is what it is. I got it done. I, I guess I'm a simp for PSA because I just sent a PSA order that might be upwards of $2,000 on how much we get upcharged. So here we are. I mean, PSA makes me money even though they've lost me money. It is what it is. Yeah, I've sent four car or four orders to PSA within like three days. <laughs> so I do have all my stuff listed from the you know recent order. On my eBay, so sure check that out if you're looking for some stuff. But I do not because I'm trying to gain as much value without having to deal with eBay and taxes. So I am going through collectible stores, and it has worked out beautifully so far. I might be losing like five to seven percent overall. Um, yeah, you're still losing, but my, you know, thankfully with my time stuff. Costs it's of money, like I'm gonna say time costs of money with inflation and. With you know, with a very volatile market, honestly, I'm gonna take the money and run. Like, I'm, I if you think about putting that money into immediate use, and in some cases to 
help buy the Lorcana and help get it graded. I, I don't quite see it like that. I see it as opportunity cost that I'm losing more with opportunity cost than that 5%. That's how I saw it. Yeah. I Which guess is, it's, it's true depends. for some things, but not like with my orders, you know, thankfully, you know, I'd been collecting a while before the hype and had quite the large grading or two grade pile, which I still do. But a lot of my stuff is like niche Japanese, like McDonald's promos and like weird well, your stuff. Cars, as far as that will sell, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm dealing with a lot of what is considered junk slaps. <laughs> yeah. So I got to get the hell out as fast as I can is the way I see it. Before, I mean, in some cases it's already too late. But the, I, what just the thing going through my mind is how many people like we're cut, we're in a recession, we're entering the fourth quarter. People need money for Christmas, whatever. And how many people are getting those bar- cards back that are in the same boat as me? Yeah. As like you know, potential overall loss of what they were expecting, and because of that, they're going to quickly try to sell. I'm trying to beat those people. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to beat those people to these stores. Before some of these stores are like, yeah, we won't take these, these, and that. That's what I'm trying to beat. And then I'm stuck with these cards until next year when I go to a card show. Again, that, that's like, a, there's like, these people are willing to give me right, money right now. I've tried to sell these, some of these lower end cards. I've literally had them for like 12, 14, 15 bucks. Yes, it was plus shipping, but they still won't sell. There's like, there's like eight watchers, but nobody's buying. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, they're just seeing how low it can go. <laughs> and well, I mean, there's a certain point. Like, I'm not taking below a certain amount because, like, I want at least the grading cost back. That's like, I'm not taking anything less than ten. That's just, and I've held stern on that point, and I think it, overall, because of it, I've made more money than I might not have. Yeah. Uh, but so, how how's your experience gone with like, how did the vendors? <laughs> differ from like the store owners per se so the vendors i mean so from the kc show there's more youtube or youtubers or social media influencers or or whatever um like people who do their own whatnot streams and you know we could have our own opinion of it but at the end of the day these people there are gen zers and other people that are watching these folks and that are buying these folks' products and they're making money on these whatnot streams with pack breaks and these uh, mystery boxes. And because of that, they will buy junk slabs, you know? So whatever, there's a market for people like me that are my situation that are giving me solid value for these cards. And then they go ahead and use it. And I mean, they're the people that watch them. They think they're supporting their, their favorite streamers, which, you know, whatever, they don't really care about you, but, you know, (laughs) uh, I mean, they, people support them. And I mean, there's a change of cash flow. Like there's a circular motion when it comes to this, uh, this hobby and this market. And I mean, obviously I'm not going to say no to that. So it worked out, but overall, what, what I learned was one, take a step back. And reflect. Be more pensive and more observant, more stoic in some ways with how you go about your reaction to the market or the reaction to 
how you should make your next move, especially when you're having a lot of money. See, 2020, it felt like you couldn't lose money. It felt like things only went up. And for me, see, that was a very strange. I didn't have anything to like reflect back on with the previous market because I didn't know. Yeah. I, I didn't have that experience. And I mean, I will. I'll be. I'll be the first one to admit. I was using this hobby as an escape from what was going on in 2020 with the pandemic and all that, all the other stuff that was going on. I was using it completely as an escape, and I think when my mind finally got into this hobby and whenever I, I went full fully in, I think it was it was a very healthy outlet. But there was a fine line because it was borderline unhealthy with how much money I was spending. Yeah, and even like, you know, when I was telling you just to keep the boxes sealed and all that, like... I still have all of them. I still have all those boxes. <laughs> they're, they're sitting in my toe. And I mean, you know what? I mean, I'll tell you what. I enjoyed opening those. Would it have been great to sell them all back immediately? Because I, I got in... Okay, I, I mentioned before how I, I got in just weeks before everybody else did. And those boxes were like 300. I think it was 350 average is what I bought all four of them at. Uh, so what is that? Fourteen hundred? No, it was more than that. No, it was. I'm pretty sure it was four. But uh, yeah, it was four booster boxes. But I bought enough packs and like two other places to equivalent to like six or seven boxes um, yeah. that I actually opened. But I mean, we're talking like yeah, they hit like twelve hundred. So I mean, about five thousand dollars if I would have sold them immediately. That would have been the better move to do. I would have yeah. made out like a bandit if I did that. But I, know, I mean, I, I, I didn't kinda... know. You know, I know you try to tell me, but like whenever I'm getting hyped up and like, I'm enjoying the hobby, I'm enjoying the opening. These are the first packs I, I was opening in six years. And, and, but with the, the, the evolutions, it felt like I was a kid again. And I was getting this fill that I could never do it. I, I could never get as a kid because I mean, these packs were equivalent to like 10 bucks back in 99. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I knew that as well. Like, yeah, I know I knew you should have kept them sealed. Cause like everyone yeah. getting them is opening them. Because everyone who's getting them is like just entering the hobby and wants that experience. So that was also you. So like I knew like, you know, you got to open something. You got to get it out, you know. And uh, so that that was that for you. So, yeah, like I knew you should have kept them sealed. But I knew like the reason why you should have kept them sealed is because the exact reason why you didn't. You know, I knew like I just kind of saw that coming. But regardless i mean it was good stuff to grade everyone wanted it it's just the timeline just yeah i mean if i would have gone back within a year it still would have been a smart move because i would have made i mean it wasn't quite i was expecting at, at like lowest like eight to ten thousand with everything um and, and that, honestly, that may have been directly just you know based on that you got in a couple weeks before because yeah it, it wouldn't it'd be bad news if it took two years and you bought the box for a thousand well, yeah, I figured when I, I got back, the low end I should expect was around 8000 And honestly, that's not too far off with what I'll actually get. Well, it'll probably be about 7000 so it was a little less. But if, if I would have gotten it when I did, you know, it would have been closer to 10000 which was kind of in the area I was expecting, although I was hoping for it to be like twelve to fourteen. But, you know, like my estimates weren't too far off. So while I was making quick decisions – they weren't necessarily bad ones in the time frame in which I was doing it. It's just it was betting on a lot of factors that were against me. Yeah, that was the that was the biggest issue, and 
you know, I, I, there's a lot of variables I didn't quite think is I'm, you know, there's a lot of people that had to get graded and I, I get that. So I, I, and I realize it's not just about me. I totally get that. But when you're talking 24 months and clearly when there's dust and the air bubbles of this packing tape, it sat and sat and sat for months in a warehouse. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's frustrating for me. At least May, like I was looking back, like I said, I was looking back at some posts and people who like sent express things and got them back in May and pretty close certain numbers to our cards that took, you know, nearly half a year longer to get back. So, yeah, just really disappointing all around, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I just I just want to say one more thing before we move on to something with you. But uh, I did learn from this because now I'm l- looking at which cards to submit, and like I'm at like 25 cards. So I yeah. and it's cards that ha- are worth it, like over or around or more than a hundred dollars in value. So I mean, I've, I've definitely learned from it. <laughs> it's just yeah. It sucks, but it is it is what it is. Yeah, so for for mine, like like I said, I escaped most of that because you know I didn't give in to the hype. I just continued doing what I was doing. Like you know, I was also the one who told you to go for evolutions. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so I should have done that myself. But I was like, I already had you know my own stuff to grade and buy, so I just. Tried to not let it affect me and just continued on my path. But, uh, yeah, maybe could have made some easy money because I would have kept them sealed and probably sold them for sure when they hit a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And this just, was when, you, when, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't trigger a, a tax thing, too. So you could have you could have kept a lot of that. Yeah. So, yeah, my, uh, my instincts were just to kind of keep the course, you know, it it played out well because I, you know, sent good stuff to grade and stuff that's still worth quite a bit now with some Japanese stuff. But, you know, I continued my course in that I didn't sell my first edition Charizard when it was crazy hype. Like I could buy, I could have sold that and bought the card back now for $15,000 less. <laughs> so could have made a lot of money there too. But, you know, it's the, it's the healthy way into like, you know, just kind of stay in the course. So I played the safe way. But other than that, I mean, my biggest downside is probably not grading sooner. Because there are a lot of cards that I have in my collection that, you know, I would have sold during the hype if they were graded. Which I could have sold them during the hype and made some good money either way. But I'm a real, like, real stickler until, you know... If you want to get max value, you might as well grade it, especially now that the tiers are back open. Well, so, the brawl cards, if you would have showed the condition, the brawl cards back then would have been, I mean, they, they were even higher, so there's a possibility you still would have made more money, I guess. But Yeah. That's the thing. Like, a lot of my stuff is good condition, so I was just, you know, waiting for PSA to open, but, you know, then again, didn't see the extent that happened. Well, you know, nobody did. So... Yeah, that that's my biggest regret. 
is not grading. And in a way, it kind of really scared me because I tend to, up until recently, you know, I've been keeping a lot more of a graded collection because if it happens again, you know, I want that liquidity. But in general, I'm just pretty much honestly getting close to being done with my non-graded goals. But, uh, yeah, in general, when I get graded cards back, I'm really tempted to sell and then buy another copy. Like, it's easy money. People have done this for years. It's pretty much the main way people have made money in Pokemon for, you know, the 20 years before the hype. It's just, you know, even crack booster boxes. Crack booster boxes, grade the hits. You, a lot of times before 2016 would get your money back and just like a couple of the big hits that you pulled for the whole box. So those are crazy times, but yeah, just you putting in the work to grade the cards. I mean that, that paid off nowadays. You kind of have to, you know, be more selective of what you're doing that with. But if you hit a 10, I mean, it's pretty easy money still. I mean, yeah, it is hard to make a hit a 10, but if you're grading a card, you know, that gets easy 10s, you buy it for like a decent raw price. Like you could obviously sell that for the 10 price and then just buy another raw copy, re- rinse and repeat. But people are really catching on and like yeah, certain cards like that are for sure 10s. Starting to see that, like even when I was buying that Festa 20th anniversary Pikachu promo, you know, people are selling the raw card that is a high chance of getting a 10 for essentially what the 10 costs. So it's like, okay, come on now. It's, you know, why not just grade the card yourself? But that was also when the tiers weren't opened up. So yeah, it's a lot different. It's a, it's a weird environment. You got to really be selective now, but that's probably what I I say compared to what from what you described as well, there's a lot more people that are into grading now in general. I'm not even talking about the people doing the flipping. I'm talking about people collecting graded cards. I think there's a lot more people now than there were pre-2020. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah so you got to be selective in that way. And, like, most of the cards I'm buying, you know, it's real limited stuff. Like, I don't really collect modern at all if i do collect modern i try to get cgc 9.5s for most things unless it's like you know it makes sense to be in a psa case like a little more rare card or like an iconic watsy reprint or something like that but i was actually my issue was i would say i just with with watsy it's so difficult to get those uh or with cgc it's so difficult to get those Watsy era cards out of 10. There's so few of them. Oh, yeah. I don't. Because, I won't touch Watsy yeah, with CGC. It's, just, it's, not, it's not worth it. Just not saying anything necessarily against CGC directly. It's just be, through, you know, so many factors from unless you basically pull it from a, from a pack, which is now most people aren't really opening packs unless they're heavy, that a lot of these cards have either we're in a binder or whatever for decades. So it's, and the printing quality was terrible because in some cases through the first gen era of cards, they were just printing as anywhere where they could. 
Yeah. So I mean, obviously that makes it that will makes it to where the quality isn't as good. And honestly, it's always been the issue. It seems like there's, and especially in, in English, there's always been one. I, I don't think there's ever been an era where it's like, oh, those are good quality cards. <laughs> no, I feel like every single era has had that issue because that's the whole aspect of printing when it comes to English is quantity over over quality. It's always been the the mo for the Pokemon company with uh, its Western audiences. Yeah. Yeah. It's especially jungle and fossil. I mean, jungle and fossil condition is so terrible. I mean, I'm pretty sure they used the same blades for like the printers or the, you know, to chop the cards up from, you know, the end of base set all the way through jungle fossil. I'm pretty sure that's like kind of documented somewhere. I can't remember where I saw that, but, that's why I see like such a jump in the quality for Rocket, which it's still not great, but it's a lot better in Jungle Fossil. But speaking of that, I just sent out a uh, Clefable pre-release card that might get a decent grade. Decent grade for that card is like six or seven, because <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's no PSA tens for that yeah. reason, you know. So. Yeah, thankfully I avoided all the uh, the bad slabbage, but a lot of this stuff is like my personal stuff. The only stuff I'm selling is like I'm selling it because like I've rethought my collecting process, you know, so many times since it took two years. But I uh, also want to comment, I think it was Pokemon Knowledge who made a comment on, you know, that essentially all the mistakes pre 2020 were forgiven. And, you know, I kind of, when he said that, I kind of read that differently than I think most people. So if you made a bad deal before 2020, like obviously, yeah, it was forgiven, but I would make the argument that there was just no bad deals. Like, Pokemon has been either steady or very slowly growing all the way since, you know, the early 2000s when the hype really died out. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you bought anywhere in that timeline, unless you sold, like, within the year after buying the card, like, there really wasn't mistakes to be made unless you, like, traded down in cards or something. So, it's kind of a... It's kind of a weird take on it, but I think I'm also only seeing that way because I'm, I've always been a collector through and through, like through and through. Never really tried to make money in the hobby. Um, that time might be coming soon. Now that I'm kind of ending my core collection goals, but yeah, it's just a different take on it. It stuff wasn't forgiven in 2020. The floor was just reset, if I could yeah. put it into words. I think. I mean, right now are great prices, and it's really a great time to buy. And obviously, there's certain things that have gone up still, um, certain cards. And I think for a lot of cases, it'll be a great time to buy. And there's even a great time to sell if you're a seller. But by that, I mean, like, if you're somebody in the hobby, but you're selling to, like, a collectible store, I think right now is a great time. However, certain things, modern especially, I'm wondering if they will start, like, if you haven't tried, tried to sell some of your modern almost immediately, 
Like you have to sell your ultra modern almost immediately, or else you have to wait. You'll have to wait years to recoup just a one for one value. And I mean, I almost wonder. Like, there's a lot of these shops and these companies that have popped up because of the pandemic or the pandemic hype. And I have to wonder how many of these places will be able to succeed through this recession. Um, it seemed like a lot of people were trying to even offload. Some of these people were like and individuals and it seemed like a lot of people were trying to offload there. And, you know, there was various degrees of success and being in the fourth quarter of the year with Christmas and recession and all that. There's a lot of people that are starting to sell and, there's a lot of people that are just pretty much buying stuff from the shelves that I don't quite think realize how little value their cards are actually worth. Um, I say that because I've seen several posts locally on Facebook marketplace that has the value of their cards and their posts make them seem like they're, they're, they're earnest. Like they, they are true. And the value that they're asking for isn't anywhere near the value of the cards like this one was like a thousand dollars and it was like 1200 cards but it, they showed 14 photos and wow, the most expensive card was like a 40 dollar card i think yeah. it wasn't any any big hitters it was various sets um from vintage like even the watsi wasn't anything crazy their modern wasn't anything crazy. It was like, from what I saw, it was like maybe two hundred dollars worth of stuff. So you know, it's yeah. and that's and that was pushing it. They're almost better off trying to sell it as bulk, honestly. <clears throat> unfortunately, but you know, but nobody wants that, and I, I think a lot of people don't quite realize it. One way or another, sometimes us social media allow, allows us to be in our own bu bubble. And I think they don't quite realize, you know, how much of this stuff was printed, how much there is out there. And I think you might have some people start to see that. And I'm not saying that there'll be many people, like, not stop collecting. It's just you have to wonder if that frustration will put a pause for some people. Yeah, I worry that there's going to be more junk slabs very soon and that you know, the modern craze is going to come crashing down. So I think like the hobby's in a really good place right now, as far as in general, like, yeah, we've had a bubble and everyone knew that bubble was probably going to pop and it did. But, you know, right now the hobby is still growing. They're still like printing cards like crazy. And, uh, yeah, people are buying packs like crazy again. I went to Target multiple times in the last couple of months and empty shelves, like peak hype empty, like just nothing, just ravaged. And we had a period there in the summer where people were really worried about the hype. And, uh, you know, it, it scared people. People like kind of backed off, but now people are buying again. The sets have been pretty decent especially the special set coming out in January. The Pokemon Go got a lot of interest, got a lot of people that don't yeah. usually... like. I, I have a friend that plays. I play Pokemon Go with. He doesn't usually buy cards, but he was buying a lot of that set. Yeah, it was a good set. I opened yeah, you know, two Japanese boxes last weekend. I mean, it I was still fun. got that ETB from the Poke Center sitting on my computer desk. So I haven't even opened. <laughs> <laughs> I figure I'll do it eventually. Or I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that gives us into the whole thing about Sealed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's... That, it's... That's a whole, that, 
that's a whole other story. I can I don't we'll t- t- <laughs> touch up on a little bit later in in, in the uh, episode. Um, but I figured since you said one, I'll go ahead and say uh, another mistake. This kind of it's tied to the first one in some ways because the moment I got into the hobby, I was trying to be like, how can I get cards to resell? How can I hurry up and get and get in on this before it goes nuts? Because you, you, I could see it. Like I, I got early enough to like I could see it like slightly rising, and it brought me to buying collections, like binder collections of Wawahatsi. Um and somewhere it was in good condition, but these these cards I bought from just collectors that just wanted to sell their cards. I. I bought for a decent price, but, you know, there was one, it was from a kid. It was, like, basically his entire childhood collection besides the big hitters that he pulled, you can tell. I mean, yeah, I ended up getting my, my money back with some some of the other cards in there that, that they didn't know about. But, I mean, it was barely, it was, like, I think I bought it for, like, 200 bucks. I barely got $200 back. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was just trying to buy everything. Any collection I could get my hands on, I bought. And... Luckily, I got it for decent prices, but a few of the cards I bought from one of the people, I just got those cards back. We're talking a PSA 5 Unlimited Gyarados, a PSA 5 Machamp, a PSA 2. I was hoping for PSA 1. I, I should have done more damage on the card to ensure PSA 1. Um, <laughs> I did a little bin test. Yeah, I, I should have done that. Um, I didn't think about it until after I left because it was close. I'm like, I knew, I knew it was between a 1 and a 3. But most likely a one or a two, but like I should have insured it because the ones for actually I could probably get fifteen percent more for PSA one and limited Charizard over PSA two. Yeah, I know it's it's weird, but I mean a lot, a lot of people there's a lot of people now with collectors that collect you know PSA one to ten or even just collect specifically PSA one slabs. Yeah, they and, do it all uh, nowadays. Yeah, for sure, and. So the, there was a couple there, there there that I failed, but I got lucky because we kind of we kind of mentioned before, but it was pretty difficult to lose money during this hype. Um, and the other one was I was hoping I was basically buying these collections and trying to visit the, these collectible stores, hoping to get big, you know, like oh I found a first edition Charizard at a flea market, you know, that that sort of thing. And while I didn't quite find a first edition Charizard. Um, I kind of figured that what well, wasn't going to be likely. I was hoping to find cards that people weren't familiar with, didn't know they'd be worth money. And I did find a little shop, a shop that I, I won't name, um, although she's kind of caught on at this point, and now her cards are overpriced. <laughs> she, she priced them a little bit towards the end of the hype, so they're very yeah. overpriced now, uh, the last time I was there. Um, but at the time, it was like, it was a couple legendary collection reverse hollows, for example. I bought for a buck, <laughs> and it was like uh, Absol ended up being a PSA nine, and I got it. It was a bunch of other Evelexes too. I mean, yeah, it's pretty decent so conditions I, too, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, I sold that for two hundred. I mean, the whole thing I bought for two thirty. You know, so like I made a lot of money on that one. So I did luck out. I mean, I had to drive two hours there and. That was a whole day of driving, hit up all these little shops and everything, and it was it was a fun time. It was, I mean, I, I remember that that era, you know, that time very fondly um, during the with with these cards. But at the same time, 
I realized I did get a little bit lucky. And, like, right now, I probably couldn't do that. I probably could not do that. Yeah, I mean, it's always possible. People don't realize what their cars are. People that don't know how to look them up and just see, oh, it's Umbreon. I, I don't recognize it. It looks kind of cool, but just an Umbreon or, or something like that. Well, a lot and of those shops, that, like you said, they priced, like, during the hype, the ones that didn't know, like, now they more than likely know. And so they price stuff up, and they're always kind of behind the times, and it's probably still priced high. Yeah, there is this uh, retro gaming store. It's pretty cool. It's about an hour away um, from where we're at, and their prices was like twenty twenty high prices. <laughs> it was like like thirty dollars for like a Kangaskhan or something like that. And I was like, get out of here! Like these prices are ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I didn't say anything to that guy. I mean, because the guy was pretty nice, and it was, it was a small store. But I mean, that's just one of the examples. But it was, I also consider that a mistake. With uh, anyways, I consider it a mistake with buying up all these collections and cards because I thought, I mean, that's how a lot of people make money. It's just the way I was doing it was wrong. Yeah. So what I was doing was right in terms of trying to get a bunch of cards at once and trying to buy collections. However, what I was buying and how I was doing it was wrong. So I learned about that. What I've learned from that mistake is going forward. One, I basically got to buy like hollow sets or collections of large collections that feature several cards that are worth it that are absolutely worth it whereas just like meeting up with these people or you know a few photos and like there was one buy it was completely i was completely blind pretty much before i was going into it yeah completely blind and i paid 100 pretty much 180 bucks for it because i think no, i think she showed me like one one or two photos and i saw a card that looked okay and i was like okay i'm let's do it yeah, you know, not thinking, you know, probably the kid pulled everything worth it because he did. There was hollows there, there were, but like the kid, one hundred percent pulled. I mean, he he had to have opened hundreds of packs, maybe even thousands, right? Like over a thousand, and there wasn't really any serious big, big heavy hitters in the pile. Meaning he kept all the ones of value. Yeah, true value. Yeah. So you have to. You, what what I've learned from that is you have to assume somebody else beat you to it first. Especially now, like, you know, stuff was drying up already. It was semi-hard, but you'd find stuff. But, I mean, especially now, I mean, stuff has come out of the woodwork so much in the last two years. It's going to be really hard to find something like that. So, yeah, definitely a different, different game now. But, yeah, hopefully everything smooths out, though. It seems to be going really well. Modern is at an all-time high, like kind of what I hinted at earlier. Um, you know, I worry I worry that Modern's kind of heading in a way where it's like overhyped. Like, yeah, Modern's great. Everyone loves opening packs and, you know, doing all that thing and chasing the Umbreon and whatnot. But there's just so many cards printed nowadays. It's just mind-boggling. And... You know, you remember if, what was it? Eleven million cards printed last year, or something like that. Nine million. Yeah, I think like nine million. That and that wasn't like for the year. I think it was like a certain time range. It was up until March of twenty twenty two. So I mean, just think they, they've 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 printed more this year. I'll tell you that one. Yeah. So yeah, the the hype is like really good, and the hobby's really healthy. So people want these cards, but I just hope it can stick. But. On the flip side of it, like with grading, like people, 
people will grade obviously the chase cards, but the people who are grading like the second or third chase cards in the set, like those people might have a tough time just because there's so many of the cards out there. I mean, that's why modern's so dangerous, right? It's like sealed product is good in a way because you can like bet on people who want to open it in the future, but then all the sketchy stuff we talked about. So it's kind of weird with that. But then you have like the amount of cards printed. It's just kind of ridiculous. So I don't know. It's just it's just a weird game that we haven't seen on this level ever. And it's just pretty dangerous to like dabble in it. Unless you like truly love opening the packs. Like I can't see I can't see the modern hype. And I think a lot of that is like driven by the people during 2020 who were getting into the hobby. There wasn't product. There wasn't enough product to open to satisfy, you know, their opening want. So I think we're kind of seeing that be delayed with the summer because the summer restock was pretty good. But I mean, it's like they can't keep up. I mean, the shelves, like I said, look like 2020 all over again. So well, hopefully I, it can last. I don't know. I, I see it as like there's clearly a lot of people that are into modern, but we've mentioned this before with the gambler's fallacy with opening packs and chasing that high and how it's a dangerous, like we had a whole episode on like addiction and, you know, obsession, whatever. And I thought there was more people that were aware of this, but visiting card shows and then like collectible stores a lot the last couple months, all of a sudden I realized, you know, I, I, I've mentioned this before, like, don't be in your, you know, be aware that there's, you're in your internet bubble, your social media bubble, because there are a lot of people in this hobby, I would even say it might even be a plurality in this hobby, that are just going to the shelves, opening packs, and that's that's all they're doing to enjoy the hobby, or they're being on these, like, the, some of the younger people, like, people of age, like, 17, 8, 15, 16, whatever, to, t- to 22, uh, these Gen Zers who are just buying from these whatnot streamers and not thinking about the actual value or maybe not even caring, per se, which, which is a good thing, but, like, they're getting the value, but they're not getting good value, if that makes sense. Like, they are getting what they're paying for, but, for example, would you rather have a card that's worth $75 individually, or do you want 75 cards, $75 in bulk? Right? Yeah. Like, I think most people know what the that answer is going to be. What's another 75 right, Let's say uh, the Mewtwo V Alt Art from Pokemon Go. The Japanese one you just bought was like 70 bucks, right? Something yeah. like that? Yeah, I think I got right. it for 60 Yeah, exactly. You know, so they're like, would you rather have that, or would you rather have a junk slab from uh, the Darkness Ablaze, some sort of Togekiss V or mix with a bunch of packs that you might only get one hit and it's like 10 packs. Like, I, I'm just saying the, the value isn't as much, like, yes, monetarily, what you're paying 75 bucks, you're, you're actually paying market value for this stuff, but it's not a good value in what you're getting. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And I, as we mature as a hobby, will that continue? I don't know. As long as people stay in their own internet bubbles without like removing themselves from it, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm not saying it's this perpetual. It can just be constant. But you do have to ask yourself, 
can these people continue to support? And I, I almost want to say, like, be a naive consumer. Because how many people, like, for the whatnot streamers, uh, for example, they think they're supporting their favorite YouTuber or streamer, and they think they're helping them out. Yeah. And in I, reality, it, it, it's like, I would say in reality, it's like, I mean, I'm not saying these people are bad people. Like, I've met a lot of these people. They're, they're fantastic. They're amazing people. I, I, they are great folks. At, at least I'm, a lot of the ones I've, I've met, you know, no one's questioning their quality of character. But it's just the business. It's just, yeah, it's just like it's no different than you're basically supporting your favorite card store. That's really what it is. It's not but you're not like supporting a friend, which I think how so many people view it. You're supporting your favorite card store, which is yeah. great. But like whenever I do that, I'm trying to 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 go to to patron places that are local or within my state because we don't have a we don't have a good Pokemon store where we're at. So I got to go to St. Louis or Kansas City. And it, but, it does it does fill a void too because you know a lot of people get nervous with eBay. You I know, get it. I get it. They they know this person, they know they're legit. They see the card in all its angles, which is good in its own right. Yep. You know eBay, you know a lot of time you get two okay-ish pictures. And uh but yeah, if you see it on stream, you see it right there, you know pretty much exactly what you buy. So there's a premium into that in a, alone. I mean, so, I get it. There's yeah. a lot of these cards that I haven't bought that I want to because I want to see in person, like especially cards from my binder sets. PCG player, you're kind of doing it blind. Sometimes they'll have photos, but you're just doing it blind. And for the common, or like for the for the commons and the rares and the non hollows, I, I don't really care about that because they're pretty true to it. But there is a when there's more money involved, like with these hollows and all of a sudden this subjectivity when grading it when you're financially you know i don't want to say liable but like it's you're financially implicated in this all of a sudden there's a lot of variance with what's near mint what's slightly played and i've been burned several times i had to return for my birthday a bunch of like level x's and a bunch of near mint ones i thought they were great prices and then I got these near mint ones, and they were borderline like they were. They should have been lightly played. A few of them should have been. Yeah, straight up. There was it was in somebody's binder. Legit scratches on the back, on the front. Like this is not near mint. Okay, this is PSA six worthy. I know it's borderline, but like that's exactly what what it would would have been because of all the scratches and stuff. Yeah. So, but, yeah, it's good seeing like more of the photo on those. So. Yeah, I that's get why it. I, I like. Yeah, I like buying a person too, so I understand these people. So yeah, and yeah, I mean, it does fill a service. I mean, there's like a huge supply of so-called junk slabs right now that fill that gap. I mean, cool cards that people want. You know, they're not they're not big cards, but people don't like wasting their time. So it's good just to see it on stream, buy it, and since they're at a lower price point. People are more likely to buy and buy more. So it's a real quick, easy way just to pick up the card. And yeah, it's a it's a nice void that it's filling right now. So definitely but what good. You have to, honestly, what you have to wonder is what happens if these people, if these people hobby, taste in the hobby change? Yeah. How does that change things? Well, that's what I was saying with the modern. Like if the modern hype dies down, 
or people are grading like the number two and number three card in the set, it could uh, could end up kind of hurting people because I, I kind of look at baseball with this, right? You know, with baseball, it's a little different because it's like actual people, not characters that, you know, live forever and, you know, whatever. But a lot of during the peak baseball hype, I mean, you don't hear about 99% of those cards. You just care about the chase cards, the big guys. And Pokemon is such, you know, a small sample size because it's still so young compared to, you know, that stuff. That if you take the current market, current hype, and stretch it out over time, you know, yeah, maybe the Moonbrion is safe because, like, so many people see that as an icon already, and it, you know, is such a young card itself. But no one's going to really care about, like, the Vaporeon alt art as much. It, it might get lost in time, if that makes sense. So, like, you, pretty much every year of Pokemon right now, I wouldn't be surprised if only like the top three poster boys across all sets that year, you know, live on to be worth, you know, something. But, well, it's kind of how it's looking like for modern. And I think like a lot of these alt arts will be, if you're going to, if you were solely interested in ultra modern and modern, these, these alt arts are going to be what's going to go up. I'm not saying you're going to ever see crazy prices on these in tens, but you will see significant growth, especially if you're buying now and the alt arts that were uh, released like a year and a half ago or whatever. But, um, well, there's safer plays too with that. Like some of the character rares right now, it almost bums me out how great character rares are, but they're already so cheap because there's some that are so solid. Like the, the Misty one, the Misty one I know is still going up. It's still going for a little bit. And, that like one pretty will much, continue. Yeah, pretty much all the others, though, I mean, just are so cheap because, you know, they're they're not, like, stupid easy to pull, but they're, you know, decent, decently okay to pull. But there's just so many cards printed nowadays that doesn't really matter because there's just so many packs being open. But yeah. it kind of bums me out in that way because those should be such great cards. And, yeah, obviously the alt arts, too, and a lot of them are great cards. But it's like... You know, almost oversaturation, but I don't know. That's, I that's say, just the design of the set nowadays. Yeah. I was going to say, because uh, I know we are kind of going for a little bit. Um, I wanted to say the next few things, because I do got just a few more uh, items where I made mistakes for. And I'm going to kind of lump these next two together to kind of c- cut down on time. There's three overall, um, but... The next two was going big on battle styles and ah, heroes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you were that one. And I bought a uh, battle styles. What was it? It was an average of like one forty-five a box. Yeah, and for the record, like you know, evolutions. It was different. I knew that was a, a good buy, and I knew it was also okay to open. But battle styles, I really tried to warn you about. <laughs> I was like, uh, I get you like the art, but there's this is going to be the yeah. new thing. The Urshifrus I thought were pretty cool. The alt arts were absolutely amazing. I still think those Urshifrus all arts are incredible, and some of the some of the best ones, honestly, overall. Not, I'm not saying they're the best, but like some of them, I would say are in the S tier, A tier. And you have you have the sleeping Titar, and I thought I was going to get it. I 
don't think I realize how hard these altars were going to pull. And yeah. that was another example of me rushing in without, like, I was, since I came in the hype, I was like, oh, it's, it's, oh, it's going to go up. And there's so much product. This stuff's going to be like $200 in like, in like eight months. Oh, my God. I, I got to buy now. And, well, I bought, I think it was like five boxes or, or something like that. And, or it might have even been in a case or something. It, it, it might have been six boxes. And, it was a lot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Not only were the cards off-centered, they, they, they're straight up, like, they, I think, would get a few of these cards. Like, it was like a Hound Doom, I think, and a, uh, it was a Intellion Secret Rare, and there's an, uh, a Golden Artillery Secret Rare, and these cards legit, would get an OC. I, I still have them, but uh, yeah. they would get they would get a legit OC and that quality control. That's, that's when they were just the, pumping them out just to get yeah, them out. And <laughs> that was kind of beginning the end for me opening modern English, and that's why after that experience, and I realized I messed up, and I was going for the chase. Well, what are most people doing now? They're going for the chase, and I learned after after getting burned. That was the first set I was burned on. I did amazing when it came to Shiny Star V. I did amazing when it came to uh, Evolutions overall. I know, like, I probably should have done better, but I still did amazing with that set. With the the Charizards alone that I was able to sell was was w- worth it. Yeah. And uh, I did amazing with um, uh, Hidden Fates, and then was the other one uh, Champions Path. Hold, like, I I bought sixty dollars of. Champion's Path, or, or it's like $100 of Champion's Path, and I pulled the Zard PSA 10. And I sold it yep. for like $800. So like, I was getting all these hits. It was like, I couldn't be stopped. It was one after another, after another, after another. And finally I hit Battle Styles, and I hit a brick wall. <laughs> yeah, and the Altarts were a different monster. Like, yeah, we didn't know how hard they were to pull but, like, my insight was, you know, well, this is just going to be their new thing, and they're still doing it. So, surely there's going to be better alt arts. You know, it's just going to be the new norm. Where I remember, like, you were, you know, you kind of saw it being special in that way. But, you know, granted, you didn't, you know, see anything different. You know, it was the first set with alt arts in it and all that. So, it, it was easy to get hyped for. Yeah, but, and... That was probably the beginning of the end for me, like opening modern and mass. So I heard about EV Heroes and I was like, ding, ding, ding. Let's go ahead and buy those before people know about it. I actually got in at like an average of like 105 a box. Okay. So I did really, really well getting those pre orders in. And I mean, like they're like, they, they can't find them below like 140, 150 now or something like that. So even with the reprint, so I did pretty well. Um, when it came to buying those, however, I opened like eight of the boxes. Yeah. No, it was you know it was eight of the boxes. And I still have I pulled the secret rare within like the first six or seven packs, and I stopped opening the rest of the box. So now I got like thirty five packs still, and I was seeing maybe or you showed me like oh I didn't even think about grading these packs. I, I don't I just I just didn't think about that. <laughs> but these packs are going for like one fifty in a PSA ten, and I'm like what. I yeah. love that it's like it's like low, low quantity and the demand is high, and I was like, you know what? I kind of I'll keep one PSA ten for for my own personal collection. They'll they'll make me want to keep it. 
Yeah, um, I want a couple just because the artwork of the boxes yeah, and artwork I mean, of yeah. the packs are so good. I think those low key, like all of a sudden, I think about selling it, like and maybe getting them all open. I might take that down. I think it's like fifty dollars a pack. You said if you're a member. Yeah, it's but great. If I, yeah. could, if I could get it to like twenty five, like fifty, it's it's cutting, it's kind of close. Because of how long it might take to, to get it, I would be worried in six months that the market won't be the same thing. But like, because they're, they're ranging from like 110 on bids to like 160s on buy it now. So we'll say 150 maybe right now. But if you don't get that 10, nobody's going to want that pack or that, that thing. And it's difficult for to like, I don't quite know the factors that would dictate a 10 on a pack. Because if you look at some of these base set nine packs, what I would think if it would be cut against it would be like when the shears cut the uh the foil on these packs for the base set and it makes it like slanted yeah. that's okay i saw some that had it as tens and i'm like okay so i guess well and people are probably deal. catching on to and grading more and the economy 50 dollars that's the bottom of the pack grading there's no turnaround time on that <laughs> and the hundred dollar tiers the next tier is 100 plus days well but. this is that's something where i might make that what I do is just hold on to those and maybe ha- that, I mean, it's, I can't get rid of them and I'm not selling them for two fifty a pack. Like th- that's just r- ridiculous in price. So it's either I try to sell them next year at the Collecticon or I just have the, the long wait Because either, either get them for either sell them for next to nothing in my opinion or wait long enough and then throw in more money to get them graded and maybe make quite a bit of money down the road but here's the thing it's like people start to catch on a lot of people are going to start doing the same thing because a lot of people probably have easy heroes packs just lying around i imagine yeah there's a there's a shift right now like people are reevaluating their plans or seeing the the hype and the hobby and all that like still strong and a lot of people selling stuff especially sealed right now i've been seeing a lot of that but yeah there's there's stirrings we'll go, we'll about go on that one and then uh, I'll just say one last thing just to have a high, every, every major mistake for me done. And the last thing was I kind of fed into the FOMO again. And I bought high on a lot of Japanese promos and even the Arceus cards. So the AR Arceus cards, I think the nines now are like maybe 70 bucks. Because most of them are going to probably be a nine, based on how hard it is to get a ten on some of these cards. Yeah. And I was single-handedly with these with these RCS AR cards driving up the price of, of these cards. High, you didn't care. I, yeah, yeah. I, I I bought it a nine, and I bought another nine, and then I bought a ten, and then I bought another nine in the span of like less than a week. So people were like, "Oh man, that's a lot of activity." It was all me. It was like I was I bought like I looked back on on the tens and. It was like three out of the five sold in like the last like two months was me. So I was literally driving up the price as I, <laughs> and I was doing like, your own oh. harm there. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what was happening. And, you know, I was looking at some of these AR cards I bought from that little shop. And I was like, some of these could be nines based on just looking at them. And I mean, I overpaid with the with the nines and I mean, the tens. I averaged around like $500 for the 10s, most of the, those being the AR4, which is the uh, Ice one, and the AR5, which is like the RCS behind the moon, probably the two best w- ones in my opinion. Yeah. And 
Yeah, the AR four one. If I got signed, it could be worth a little bit of money. I guess there's one they're trying to sell for twelve hundred. It wasn't even a PSA ten. It was just the autograph on it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Well, you learn. You learn from it yeah. all, and yeah. Like you said, I mean, to sum it up, yeah, you were just new to the hobby, and if I would have made better decisions myself and gave into that hype, like you know, sold some of my collection. I probably would have made a lot more mistakes. Like, thankfully, I just kind of kept my course. But, you know, I'm kind of boring when it comes to collecting myself. I've just been doing it a while and just kind of stay to my own rules. But, you know, yeah, I could have done stuff better. Like, yeah, I say my mistake is, like, not grading sooner. But that probably would have led to some other decisions that would have not been so good, you know. So... Well, I'm waiting for you to say your two biggest mistakes. You haven't even brought up yet. What do you think they are? Uh, one of them is the 20th anniversary Festa promos. That's definitely one of them. Well, was, he sold, what was he, he sold it? He sold it at 200 and he rebought it at 3k. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, those, uh, aren't, those aren't really mistakes. Just bad. Like, could have been better timing. <laughs> I think a 2,500 decision is a bad mistake, but, you know. So, yeah, that that goes back to, you know, pre-2020. Like, obviously, like, selling cards any time before 2020, I guess, could be labeled as a mistake. So, I well, guess, this yeah. This isn't like selling a first edition Lugia, like, in 2012. This is, you know, you can't fault that. It is what it is. It's. It's too far before, but like, but still, that, people people didn't think of those like like we think of now by any means. I don't know that 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 promo. I mean, and then the and your other one was uh, didn't you sell a first edition PSA six Charizard? Or you sold the first edition Charizard like in two thousand eleven for like three hundred bucks or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I've sold. I had that one's a big one. That one's another big one. <laughs> I had a I had a Charizard 8.5 that I graded myself. First edition? Oh yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so sold that one for like <laughs> 600 something. <laughs> 600. Yeah. What's the eight, what's the 8.5? Have you have you taken a look, a look at those? I mean, that one's probably 15,000 14 15 right now so yeah during the hype i mean that, that was, was probably a 30 lot. yeah i don't know my the fives were getting up to like 30 so i mean that was probably who knows what you throw it up on an auction you might be able to get 40 to 50 even yeah i actually but, saw I that mean, card back up for sale like from the instagram guy but yeah it's like so I'm I don't, not chastised yet, but you definitely made more mistakes than what you're saying. <laughs> but they weren't mistakes like, like yeah, I guess I should have held on to them if I thought they were going up. But those sales led to other buys that I ultimately, you know, won on because I was buying during this whole time too. So if I hadn't been buying, like if I just yeah sold them just because and not put the money back in the Pokemon, like yeah, that'd be bad news. But you know, I've always sold to reinvest in Pokemon, essentially, even back in 2011. Like, it's always been a recycle. So, I guess, yeah, you could 
you could say that, but I mean, everybody who ever sold a card, like every hundred uh, percent of things sold before 2020 were mistakes. So that's the well, case. Well, I, I think that you can't really say too much before 2016. Um, Cause yeah. I get it. Like you're, you're, you're taking part in the hobby and like what you said, I, I think it sucks, but like, Nobody could have seen the market going what it did. But however, after 2016 and making some of those sales, it's, I don't know. I, I think that. I don't know. I, it was I, just I mean, different, I tell you. Like that Japanese Festa promo, people just saw it as a cool card. But I mean, Japanese promos weren't really all that cool. Like for one, $100 was kind of expensive. Like It was $100 is what it was. Yeah, most most promos like that were around the $100 range. Like, those Scream cards, like, the Mimikyu was, like, in the $100 range for a while. It even got lower, I think. But a lot of those promos that people wanted that were kind of niche were, like, you know, in that range. But, obviously, 2020 has, like, totally changed how we think of unique promos like that. But that's just, uh, it was just totally different, especially for Japanese promos back then. Like, people saw that promo and was like, that that's an expensive card because that's expensive for a promo. That's That was the mindset. So, it was, it was just weird. And I saw that as, like, just like an extra card in my collection that didn't really fit in because I didn't really collect a lot of Japanese promos then. I still had other goals. So, yeah, essentially... Uh, Which I think I think it's something that you can... we can touch up on because sometimes, like I mentioned about having, like, tunnel vision when it, looking at, like, making decisions and trying to make money not seeing other factors that were right in front of me that I should have seen. Yeah. This is one of the ones that sometimes don't lose distraction of... It's because you have your eyes on a certain goal. Don't lose distractions on other factors and even like taking a step back and trying to think about other factors that you're not even thinking of. Mm -hmm. And because you don't want to make these decisions and like, oh, like imp impulsively just because you're trying to get, for example, the, the hot new Moonbrion card because you're seen everywhere on social media and you feel like you've got to be a part of it and you got to post it on your Instagram. Yeah. And you're selling, I don't know, you're selling uh, near mint, shining. Uh, I don't know, shiny Pitar or something like that, just to tr tr try and afford it. Like, you're kind of losing focus of something that has good value and you're buying high on a card. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe the shiny Pitar or whatever isn't a good example, but this is, the point is, there's other cards that very well could continue going up and vintage high grades is better you're probably there's more likely to continue going up and seeing a healthy growth than ultra modern cards, even though ultra modern will go up eventually with some of these alt arts. It'll take a long time. Yeah. I would say, I would say like my, it like, I, I don't know how to say it. Like, like I said, I don't really consider that a mistake that I sold early, but my thought process was a mistake. Because my thought process then was, uh, you know, well, I'll sell all this stuff, and it's a cool card and all, but I want to buy this instead, and I'll buy that card again later. 
So that, that was my thought process where now it's like, if I want that card, like when I sell it, I'm sure to like have another copy on the way at that moment, at that price. So I'm right now I'm selling some PSA tens. Like as soon as the 10 order is in, like I have the nine on the way. <laughs> so it's, it's stuff like that. Like I'm fail safing myself from that happening again. Where it's like, yeah, that Pikachu I sold, and like, I'll buy this card again after I complete this goal. And now, yeah, it's a, it's a lot pricier. And also, like, to add to, to add on to that deal, like, when I sold that Pikachu, I had an entire, like, Ultra Pro Pro Binder, 360 cards of every, like, it wasn't complete, but I had every secret rare ever made from Dark Raichu all the way up to, I think, Noble Victories, which was kind of, you know, a couple sets old at that time. I I had, like, every secret rare marked in a binder, and my goal was to buy every secret rare and have, like, a binder collection of every single secret rare ever made. But I ended up selling those because they were just getting kind of crazy with how many secret rares they were putting yep. in the sets. And I still had a ways to go. I was like, this is going to cost a lot of money, which, you know, a lot of money in the hobby back then was like $500. <laughs> so it's like this was going to cost like at least 1000 So that was just absurd. So why not just sell all this and focus on these other goals that are more realistic? So that was my thought process. And I sold all that all the cards I did have in that binder during that same time period. So that was a lot of OG level X's that I pulled myself. That was, you know, a lot of good stuff in there. But Yeah, we can't go back, though. It's just timing no. the market. And like I said, those sales went into other cards that I can't complain about today. So I can't complain about it because it allows me to buy back that Pikachu at you know, 3K, <laughs> and you know, that'd just be absurd back in those times for me to spend that much, but it's becoming kind of normal now, which is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I can't imagine, like, you have, like, 60 secret rares or whatever it seems like in one set nowadays, so... That's just not feasible unless you have a lot of money you continue, you continue to pump into the hobby. Yeah. But yeah, ambitious. anything, anything ambitious, else you want to mention? That was it. That was it. Yeah. And all those secret... Really... I was going to say real quick, all those secret rares, like to have a whole set of every secret rare ever printed, I mean, we're only talking like 200-something cards. So it was very doable until they unleashed the gates it was right after noble victories i think next destinies they released a uh, secret rare haven and a couple sets after that just went crazy but yeah yeah lots was, of mistakes was, lots of mistakes i was gonna say there aren't really a whole lot of like mistakes i've really been making since then so we're talking about basically may of 2021 was the last one where i really bought a lot of seal product to buy and i'm mentioning this again because it really leads up to the next aspect of or the next segment of this episode and that would be the questions 
for the question. questions. Yeah, and this next one is, what do you expect the sealed slash modern situation to look like in about five to ten years? Yeah, you know, we touched on this a lot in the last episode in our yep. Collecticon experience. I mean, I really don't know. I just know it's going to be sketchy, and I don't really yep. want any part of it. Yep. I mean, maybe people will be more lax because there's so much product printed that the odds of getting, like, a fake box are, like, so low. But if it's something, like, I think normal sets like that should be fine. But, like, the sets that people are keeping sealed more than others, like Eevee Heroes and Evolving Skies. Evolving Skies, Eevee Hero Box. Like, those, box. yeah, those are obviously going to be a lot bigger targets. So, like, people buying those boxes might be more sketched because, I don't know. But there, there's just so many people holding the product, too. So even if fake boxes weren't a thing, like, so many people is buying a box and just stowing it away. It's like, they're like, oh, I might double my money in five years. It's like, you could do a lot more with that, like, in shorter time. With but, a stock market, maybe not right now. <laughs> but, but that's just how people collect now. They they want the box. Like, even who people, like, people who aren't necessarily wanting to make money off the box, they, it's just part of a collection now. People collect the box just because they like the way the box looks. And I mean, not, there are some like that. I think there are yeah, some like that, but they're not necessarily yeah. buying it to like, oh, this is gonna go up. Like people like just collect sealed in general, whether it's for good reasons or bad reasons. Like so much sealed product is staying sealed nowadays. But and when those and do it, dry up, like it's gonna be a real big problem when like those are drying up because then people will you know, there's so much product out there. People can get like raw boxes and raw materials super cheap because there's so much product. So like when the day comes, whether it's like 20 years down the road, when Evolving Skies boxes do start drying up, it's like that's when it's going to be real scary. It's going to be like base set today, you know. You just can't trust it. So Yeah, I, I'm not saying people should go out and sell all of their seal product right now um or even this year even next but year necessarily <laughs> yeah i've sold all mine just about i think the only thing i have left is uh those easy hero packs and some sun and moon random packs that were blisters but they're third party blisters and i'm pretty sure the one there was a set that i bought that was resealed because there it looked like it was resealed and it was done well and the cards were facing the other way so yeah <laughs> it was yeah. pretty much a guarantee that they were resealed. Um, and the other ones I have don't look resealed, but it's a third party. I don't know. It's definitely a possibility. Um, I might, those are some I might send to PSA to be graded because it's like a Cosmic Eclipse, Ancient Origins, and a few others. I, I might just, you know, for hits and giggles, just send it to PSA and just see what happens, and maybe I get a 10. Maybe they tell me it's been ripped open, and I somehow missed it. But I look, I look more closer at them, like the, the back ends, and I didn't want to do too much because I think part of the thing that they grade without looking at it, like the factors, I think that's part of the factors is, is like the seal on it. Yeah. And and we mentioned the last episode, but the whole where everywhere's going, you can't sell seal to collectible stores, hobby stores. Nobody wants it. 
some of that is because that they have their own product to sell, but not all. Some people, they just don't want to deal with it. And I, I don't, I think you will see growth. You will, especially in the next five years. Like, uh, I was actually going to look real fast. I think, so a good one to compare EV Heroes to as, as a box is Ultra Shiny GX, which is what became Hidden Fates. And so that came out in, I think, 2018. Yeah. Um, it was like the very end of 2018. Those are going for around 350, 400 right now. Um, and before EV Heroes, I think that set was considered the best modern set. And you're looking at it now. Let's see. Four twenty-five, four hundred. So yeah. Um, so I think you're looking at maybe four to five hundred for the EV Heroes. Probably no, it's going to be less. I would say maybe around. 400 yeah. in five years, I think isn't too far out. Maybe 350, three to 400. I think by next year, you can see them going for 250. But like a lot of this steel product is going to be very, very slow and in increasing price. I think you might double your money on some of these items in seven or so years, depending on what it is. But like anything that is random, anything that's just packs. That's random items that people aren't going to think about that they just sold at a store. Like these, like some of these tens, maybe uh, some of these other random seal products that they have. Those things aren't going to be worth very much. It's basically what's going to have value is the packs within them or the cards within them, not yeah. necessarily the thing itself. And I think you're better off taking your chances with better quality more rare, more sought-after cards. And how many people, how many vendors are staying away? Like, you can't go to your, to your local gaming store and try to sell your product unless they know you, I'm sure. Because I, I tried six different stores, and they're like, nuh-uh, nuh-uh, nuh-uh. <laughs> and then the, 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 the hash is here in town. And it was really hard. to find. Like, it's easier if it's modern to try to find somebody. But in seven, eight years, what's it going to be like with the things we mentioned? Yeah, I that's... think there will be there will be people that will be buying it, but like you're basically limited to eBay or person to person to transactions over Facebook groups, and there's too much risk in my mind doing it over PayPal, especially if I mean especially if it gets up there in price. And then your issue with eBay is all the fees; you're only getting seventy percent on on the dollar. Yeah. So there, like th those factors that were that were kind of starting to be obvious i didn't want any part of it and i think you're not going to see as much growth as what you're expecting there's so much in circulation and being kept sealed that it's gonna if people lose interest in this set and then maybe you know you know a few years after that gain a load of interest back into it you'll see an uptick but i i don't even know with what to predict the value i know i say maybe two times in like five years but i think that's probably a fair estimate but between five and ten, so you're maybe three times. Whereas if you pick your right cards, you could have that within just a handful of years. Yeah. And you can sell it and re-put your money somewhere else, and boom, you already got double your money, three times your money within the same within a shorter time frame, and it's easier to find it, somebody to buy it, sell it, whatever. 
Yeah, it's just hard to say. Like, I hate putting estimates out there, but yeah, I, just, I don't. I don't just know. Just a weird. Yeah, it's just a weird, uh, weird market to be involved in. And like, point to what you said, baseball is already like that. Like, nobody really cares to have much sealed product on the surface level. Like, yeah, a lot of that is like super high end collectors. I mean, sometimes they'll have boxes, but people just want the card in the box. So. I think we can see that with modern, more people are liable to like want the actual box of, you know, older stuff, base set, obviously, because it was the first, but yeah, just weird all around and kind of sketch, but yeah, I, I want no part of it. I'm, I basically broke even on my sealed stuff. Uh, my broke even to gain five to 10% with inflation is probably about even and with taxes on a few of them, I might, you know, lose a little bit. But you know what? Whatever. I didn't want to deal with it. Uh, I just wanted it all gone as fast as possible. And I wanted to put it towards other transactions within the hobby. I just like, I want it gone ASAP before. Like, I, I, I finished forth with other aspects of selling. It's like, when people start needing their money, they're probably going to be going to their sealed stuff first. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, these are things that might be harder to sell once there's another flood in the market, and it might be even less. Well, I'm not trying to hold I, hold this stuff for five to ten years anymore. I was trying to sell ASAP, and I don't regret my high decision at all. I was able to quickly put it back into it. I actually put that money towards Disney Lorcana, and that'll be some of the grading fees that I will be getting for those. And... Obviously, with those, I'm going to turn that eventually into, into Pokemon. High in Pokemon is the idea with, with that. Um, yeah, but my, that's a whole other, my other thing story. is, it's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm selling probably what sealed I have as well, but it's not really in fear of the future of the market. Because, like, I guess being in it so long, I kind of knew the good products because the only good products I really saw during the hype was the EV Heroes special box and the Celebrations UPC, and then the Anniversary Set Booster Box on Japan side, and the Ghost Set on Japan side. Like, those are the only sealed products that I bought and kept, like, through the hype. So, did pretty well there at picking the good products, but I still will probably sell them, but not really because of the sketchiness and uncertainty. But because, you know, I see that growth, like you said, just taking so long and I just want to be pretty active now in the time of buying where it's like, yeah, it, like the EV Hero special box we talked about many times, it's probably a good thing to keep, but I'd rather turn that in to stuff now that, you know, it's more, a little more protected. Granted, they might not go up as much, but. I'm getting back to more of the roots, like collecting just to collect and not really chase the money. So I kind of got sucked into that with those products, even though they were good calls. But it's like, you know, it's it's a little bit of that and it's not really genuine. So maybe I sell the EV Hero special box and I buy the Moombryon if I like modern stuff. But yeah, I, I definitely not going to be buying modern with that money. But, you know, I just want to yeah. convert it into something now. And really hone yeah, in on I, the goals and especially my grading because my grading pile is still large. <laughs> so yeah, I would say I definitely. I mean, I, that wasn't a huge part of my collection, but I had Poke Center celebrations, ETVs. I had 
there were some other ETBs that I had. Then there's the Evo Hero box. There was Evo, Evo Heroes, the booster boxes from the first print. Um, there were uh, Shiny Star V, Miracle Twin. There was, it was a lot of Japanese sealed stuff primarily. Um, very little English. Almost no English. I think the Celebrations ETBs were like the only sealed ones that I had. And it was just kind of one I saw, yeah, obviously it was where the market's headed, but it's also the set saturation and how long it will take to get money back whenever immediately I wanted to hurry up and put that money. I was trying to go for another Disney or kind of set. It was, was honestly what I was trying to do. But in the time it took me to sell all that, they nearly doubled in price. Yeah. They went outside. They went outside my high price range. They were like under like eighteen hundred to twenty two hundred, whatever. That's I could do that. And I was trying to sell it. It took. It, I, I was able to sell everything within like two weeks, but that wasn't quick enough. And what kind of sets are going that, ham? Yeah, um, they're. I, I, last I looked, they're like they're like four thousand. I think that's probably where they're going to stick for a little bit. It's around four thousand for the time being. Um, maybe five thousand. We'll see. But. Anyways, it went outside my price range, and I actually decided to buy a Lorcana card. I thought I did amazing. I must have missed it in the photos or not see it from the quality of the photos because I knew it was going to be a nine, most likely, this Robin Hood card had I bought just individually. But after looking at it, there's the underlying foil is exposed on the right border. Uh. And I was like, ah, uh, shit. <laughs> yeah, uh. Yeah, that's probably. I mean, it was six fifty, which is pretty much right where you you would expect it. I had to outbid a little bit to ensure I got it, and I'm glad I did because it would have been six twenty was the next highest bidder, and like, like, like a boss. I, I didn't bid once till the final eight seconds, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was just like, I just put the, the the flat price I was I was willing to go to, and that was it. And the person had five seconds to try to re-enter that. And they did not do it. And I saw, I saw they were able to get it like two or three times, but like it wasn't enough. <laughs> anyway, I mean, it, I, I yeah, to, it doesn't really matter too much nowadays because if they just put more than you as their max bid, well, if yeah. they if they put more than you as their max bid, it still goes through to them. Yeah. But if their max bid was like yeah, just below what you had, then yeah, they got to quickly up it if they want to up their max bid. Well, that's that's and, why it's like kind of safe just to like put whatever yeah. you're willing to pay. Because that's if you, exactly, yeah, if you have to exactly change it, then it's not that good. And like I did this with a few, I got a steal on an AR, uh, it was AR two, I think it was, it was the fire Arceus. I got it for like two fifty. There was three other people that were bidding. There was at least two people bidding on it. I didn't bid it once, and then again, the final ten seconds, I bid it. And I got it for like two fifty. I, I got a steal on that card, and uh, so I, I've, I've, you know. One thing I have learned is I'm quite the sniper when it comes to some auctions. Um, but anyways, th th that was the whole goal of trying to sell and move this. And the, the rationale to selling the sealed stuff primarily was because I could quickly get the money for it. And I didn't think long term with what I'm trying to do was worth it because the percentage growth I expect from this Lorcana set, especially with the cards I have, was significantly higher than anything I'd see in the next five to potentially 10 years from the sealed stuff. So it was a no brainer for sure. Yeah. Our, uh, our goals change and that's what's influenced me a lot. It's, you know, I'm always changing my goals and 
I did pretty good with what came back. You know, I, I'm not keeping very many cards at all. A couple cards got a 10 that I want to sell and get a 9 in. So that's kind of uh, my way of going about it. But, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it, though, for the uh, for the question. Kind of elaborated I, on that quite a bit. Yeah, I thought you had a question. I guess not. Well, mine was like kind of you know, how 2020 grading experience shaped you, but I think we pretty much covered that, like, oh, you know, yeah, making yeah, smarter yeah. decisions and... Yeah. Yeah, so we pretty much were like, that was covered, which I thought maybe it wouldn't be. Like, I thought maybe we'd just elaborate on, like, what you're doing now, but we did kind of cover our, like, learning experiences and all mm-hmm. that, too, so... Definitely, but, I feel like I'm not, I'm not in even the same person, because I'm not, obviously, <laughs> in more ways than one, uh, but like the amount that I've learned within the hobby, not just the knowledge I've gained within the hobby with the cards, what are, you know, some of the obscure cards that are worth money. And even if I don't quite forget the origin of a card, but even though I recognize it, like I quickly know where to like research like, oh, OK, so that's how you could get that card, you know, because, yeah. you know, I'm not going to pretend I have encyclopedic knowledge on all the rare cards. I, I just I'm not there yet. And I, I don't know if I care to have that. Um but it's, you know, the Internet's a powerful resource, and that's how I use it. So yeah. I have gained a lot more with that. I remember this was after all those situations that I described. I went on, like, it was like a two-week binge or like a week binge or something like that where it was just like every rare card that had over or that had under like 5,000 cards known in existence. I went through the Origins, every promo from XY, Sun and Moon. Human Sword and Shield, I went into how that car was released. I went to how many copies approximately. I mean, it was it was quite the rabbit hole. Yeah, and maybe you wouldn't but, have done that if you didn't have that experience. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, I, well, I felt like I need, yeah, I mean, yeah, I needed to learn more cars that were worth something in case I came across one, so yeah. Yeah. But yeah, for the game, I mean, this is something uh, still ongoing, the old Charizard UPC. We have a game, I think we've done it before, of how low you, can you go. And uh, Charizard UPC is interesting. So if you guys don't know, there's an ultra premium collection with Charizard coming out. There is estimated to be about three times as many made than the Celebrations UPC, which was an okay amount. But, you know, Celebrations UPC had the gold Charizard and Pikachu, very hype cards, OG artwork in gold form. And uh, this one doesn't have any gold cards, but it has three unique alt-art Charizard cards. So, big news. Lots of hype. There's going to be many more, three times as many, but people are struggling to get the pre-orders in at the... You know, MSRP, GameStop was one of the first places, and a lot of people were kind of sleeping on that field because they just assumed there was going to be so many of them, which there are. But I feel like the Charizard hype, once again, is just too great to be reckoned with. And I think these are not going to be down to MSRP. They might be kind of close, but I don't think these will be able to be picked up at MSRP you know, ever. I think if people see this on the shelf for 120 something bucks, they're going to buy it. And I think that will always be the case for a long time. 
I don't expect. Th- okay, so I like to relate this to the celebrations UPC. Those hit even on eBay, you can get those with two forty shipped. Off eBay, you could find them even cheaper, like around two hundred or so shipped. Although that was kind of like the really really low. You're looking at about two twenty five, two forty. If those hit that price with having significantly less qual- quantity printed. And the demand was very, very high. Will it be as high as the Charizard UPC? I think that's very difficult to ascertain right now. Um, but it's going to be a force. But I don't think you're going to see it more than 200. Maybe out the gate, obviously. But I think you'll be able to find it after a couple months for around 150 shipped. Maybe 160 shipped. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, so what's your absolute lowest like for the question? How low can it go? If you buy it on eBay, I would say 150 to 160 shipped. That would be the lowest. I'm not saying, obviously, it won't be out the gate. But I think that's about where it'll be. Because I, I just don't, we know there's multiple waves coming how many it's kind of unknown but there was only one wave with celebrations upc and they were scarce from the get-go yeah you could say it's charizard you got like a silhouette of charizard well the other one at pikachu the 25th anniversary you know the hype and the the stonks you know the stonks you gotta get the stonks on on this on this upc was pretty high on that i would say higher than the charizard upc yeah, yeah, the demand might be higher for the Charger UPC with the Altart cards, but the power of money behind Stonks and having to have that set, I think, is pretty high, too. I think, you know, looking at the Celebrations UPC, I naturally think that's a better product. Um, just because it's first ever, like, official metal cards we got. And, uh, you know, OG Charizard. But, you know, knowing that that got all the way down to 240, you know, and believing that, it makes me think, like, yeah, maybe 150 for the Charizard. But I also think, you know, Charizard's Charizard, and you get three alt arts. You know, it's not the gold OG artwork, but it's three unique arts. And the fact that Modern is doing what it's doing right now, that's what makes me think this will be a little more like maybe in the 180 to 190 range. So I say that because I think people will buy this at 200. So I almost wanted to say like 190, 200, where like it's going to have a hard time breaking much below 200. Well, I I almost wonder if it's worth just getting, just buying the cards raw, if that's all you really want. Could be, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely a play. Like the cards are always going to be great. Probably the best charizard alt arts of all time because i can't imagine them you know doing another product like this but it is charizard so who knows well he's getting pwned on one of his cards so you know i guess that's how you that's how you interpret that too but i yeah i say you say one what 150 to 160 160, yeah so i'll say 180 to 190 oh you're not going to go with one dollar huh the price is now I think I think they'll be close <laughs> to two hundred, but I think people will yeah be buying these up 
when they dip below 200 enough to where it like stalls and has trouble breaking below that that's to me that is acceptable to buy secondhand prices in my opinion um yeah same with me because there is a there is the value is pretty close already just like it was with celebrations upc um and there's a certain element to not spending a day going from place to place to place trying to find this and some doucher already bought 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 every store out you know and you, you can't get it and they're quickly reselling it you know like that's not worth it i'd rather pay is he, if you assume 140 shipped right about 140 145 shipped already out the gate for this product even if it were just like a normal upc if you it's really so if you consider that and just 50 bucks more that's really all it is that's really not that bad that yeah. beats going spending a whole day trying to find it i will pay that any day of the week for, for these cars that's completely fine to me there's a certain level of convenience you have to you have to factor in when you're looking at the monetary value you know some of these hidden costs and silvery you know some of these secondhand unseen costs if you will and I think people like the, the, the highest pre-order I think I've seen of these is a 300. So whereas with like the celebrations UPC, it was a lot higher than that. They were 400 plus out the gate. Yeah. And I think they were going for six, 700 before they released. So, I mean, if you want to compare that, it's like, I know people that's, they're, you know, they're thinking they're going to miss out, but like, dude, it's chill. Like, I haven't even pre-ordered it anywhere. I'm not worried about it. I'll get it. <laughs> I'm it's, not even it's worried It's mostly, about it. yeah, for me, that price is like you said. I mean, people, if they see it at MSRP, it's just one of those products like people just buy. And at 180 190 it's also the price where people, you know, okay, like I'll get it. Because, you know, those cards graded are going to be, you know, pretty solid $100 cards. I mean, I think it's a safe bet. To be what's the Charizard V? What was the Charizard V going for right now? The Altar Charizard V. Uh, I don't even know. No, I'm about to. I'm about to type it in. But yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. So we'll check back in. Two fifty. So see, like a set Charizard is a couple hundred bucks. Like it's kind of a no-brainer. Well, this one went for, for four fifty. Well, well, okay, two fifty. I don't. I guess it's four fifty, but that's a set card. This, these are promos. There are gonna be more made of these. So if that's maybe, if, I mean, if it's, I would think so. If it's three times the amount of UPC and how much they're printing the sets. I mean, well, we're assuming three times, but who's who's saying it's only three times? Like, well, what if each wave is double? Still, though, each. the amount of times they print the set, I especially mean, if thinking, it's not an alt art like. Charizard V, you know, it wasn't alt art rare. It was just, you know, normal. Well, I'm thinking it's going to be like closer to 100,000 this week. Yeah. I think that's what I think that's what the number is going to be. It's going to be closer to 100,000. And once you factor that in, yeah, a lot of people want it, but like, I can't imagine more than 300 per for each card in a 10. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't we'll factor in how much is produced because I'm not in that world, and like, I can't rationalize like a hundred thousand copies of an item compared to like other items. Like, I'm not in that world. Well, I, I just think if you like factor in like if you assume there's at least or around that much 
printed or, you know, up to that much printed. I mean, I think it's something, I mean, obviously you're not, you don't have the logistics, so it's a lot of assumptions, right? But, but like sets think, today could be printed by millions, you know? Well, but they're all tarts. They're like one in 1,100 packs. So but if we know Charizard, there's 9 Charizard million cards. D wasn't though. It was. No, but if we know there was 9 million cards printed and probably closer to probably 11 to 12 million so far or will be in the next calendar year. I mean, if you just kind of break it down by there, there's going to be less of the set cards than the promo cards. So that's why, like, the promo cards in a 10, I don't think could be more than what this Charizard B is going for right now, in my opinion. Yeah, we'll see. There's a lot of yeah. those Charizard Bs. I mean, yeah, but there's going to be a lot more of these of these cards, I would well, think, anyways. We'll see. The way the way that, that they, they've been printing, I this is my same logic with the special delivery Charizard, which has broken 30 bucks, by the way. Like I said, it could. <laughs> and I mean, they're going for if you're like trying to get an auction, it's like 40, 45, 50. But if you do it the good way, and that's buying the code for five bucks and then spend 25 bucks in Pokemon Center, they're 30, the $30 cards straight up. Yeah. But obviously, this is a little bit different, but I'm, I'm just saying, I'm kind of using those factors with how they've been printing. Yeah. So, well, if you like do those factors on how much they're printing a set as well, though, like, but it's, it's one just in one thousand. Astronomical, you know, it, how many? It is cases. You have to open. It's cases. not an alt art though. It's a normal V. It's way more common than the alt art. That's the thing. I'm I'm talking about the alt art. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like I'm the talking normal about Charizard the, V. No, the alt art. I'm well, talking yeah, about the, the alt where he's battling Venusaur. Did you think I was talking about the normal Charizard V in the, in the set? Ah, uh, that's what you said. Because that that's no, a Charizard said, EX well, is what you're talking about. Well. Well, I mentioned the price at four fifty. I, I assumed you knew I was talking about the Alt Art uh, Charizard. I know I mentioned the Alt Art. Well, yeah, I think um, there's definitely going to be more than these than that. <laughs> so okay, anything well, we okay. said in the last no, five yeah, minutes I'm, just throw out the yeah, window. I'm not talking about the Charizard V. Just the normal Charizard V. I was okay. talking about the Alt Art. Like that's what I'm looking at right now. Star uh, say, I almost got a little heated sword. there because I thought you're smoking yeah. something. No, no. <laughs> it's it's what it's what I'm trying to say. If, if these are going for four fifty, these Charizard Alt Arts. These Charizard V Altars, like, I can't imagine these promos going for more than that. And yeah. that, that's that's what I was saying this whole time. Yeah. So with, that that's the that. Charizard EX, right? With the illustration contest. Yeah. Or the illustration book. No, I'm talking about the one from Brilliant Stars. That's the one see. I'm comparing it to. That's the one I'm I'm comparing it to. Let me make sure we're on the same page here. I'm not talking about the one from the XY era. What is it? XY 276, 275? Okay. So that's that like, one. that's like, it, it's really similar to the Charizard EX. Yeah, the one that they basically, it was, this is like an homage. And then these cards coming out with these promos is a continuation of this battle. Or yeah. What, of them was but the Venusaur in the background and the Charizard sleeping that's why I'm comparing it is one of the reasons why I'm comparing it so if these tens if these tens are going for 465 and there's probably somewhat short supply I would think uh, in terms of grading I would have to take a look at the, the graded numbers but um, I I would think if these are going for for that price 
there's no way these promo cards could go for more than that. Out the gate, yeah. I mean, first to market, right? But overall, I can't yeah. imagine those promo cards going for more than these. So, you, so what I'm what I'm trying to get at is, I I think these cards in a ten, these promo cards, maybe three hundred dollars. Yeah, I think they'll be less than that too. But yeah, I think it's it's still a no brainer though that they're like a two hundred dollar graded card. Oh yeah, yeah. Like even in a nine, I mean, it's a solid card for a hundred bucks. I mean, yeah, it's Charizard and an unique alt art for a product. So, yeah, definitely value there just because what it is. So it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard for these boxes to bust below two hundred. I mean, they might be way more than that based off you know the grading factor alone. But uh, I. I can't see it being that high. What I think these cards are all like that's really what you're gonna be buying is is basically these cards raw. And I mean yeah, there's packs obviously included, but I'm not even factoring that in, but I guess you can in the value. You should. I'd say but, maybe fifty bucks for each card raw. That's exactly what I was thinking. Fifty to sixty bucks. And then if you add in the packs it brings you really close to my range. But there's going to be some that are going to be more sought after than others. I think you're going to have one promo that's going to be less, and the other one's going to be like 60. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's definitely possible. It could go less. I 150, 160 on eBay shipped is essentially MSRP, honestly. Because if you count like the shipping and the fees for eBay, it's actually pretty close. Yeah. That don't matter for the buyer, though. Yeah. But yeah, I guess we should wrap it up. Any uh, last comments you want to make? This might be our longest ever. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we got everything in. Uh, yeah, we. This was a good one. We really went in depth. We kind of went on some tangents here and there. Um, yeah. But I think this was a lot of good quality, top to bottom. Cardinals are still playing, and it's and not looking good. But. Uh, they're in the middle of an opportunity right now. So we're going to wrap it up. See, yeah. hopefully the Cardinals don't wrap up their season as well, but it'd be, they would, if they, if they do, I mean, they deserve it. Yeah. And they just ended the eighth inning. No, and on their nile strikes out. I mean, they, if they, they deserve to lose, honestly, if they lose, like that was prior last chance. I mean, Arenado and Goldschmidt have been real rough. They so. deserve it. They deserve every piece of flack they get because they they just sh- showed up flat. Everybody did. So, all right, y'all. Thanks for listening. If you're uh, listening this far along, say bananas in the comments, and maybe we'll send you something cool because uh, you you deserve <laughs> it as well. <laughs> so, all right, guys. See you in the next one. Y'all have a good one. <laughs>